Hi, I'm Grant Johnson, Chief Marketing Officer at Imburse. Welcome to Imburse on the Mic, a podcast series where we dig into the topics that impact our business and lives, managing expenses, processing invoices, making payments, and discovering ways to eliminate those time-consuming, error-prone manual tasks to help make our lives easier. Our website is imburse.com, and if you'd like to share your thoughts on this episode, you can reach us at hi at imburse.com. That's hi at imburse.com. Our last episode, we talked about navigating the future of business travel. And today, we're going to talk about digitizing and optimizing spend management. With me today is Sunil Kaiti, Chief Technology Officer at Imburse. Sunil oversees software engineering, global operations, and information security. He ensures that we continue to innovate across our portfolio's products and solutions and support our customers with a robust, scalable, and secure global platform. Sunil, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Grant, for the opportunity and also to be able to connect with the audience. Well, let's get started with your background, Sunil. What sparked and fueled your career in technology? So I'm an engineer by training and have been in the technology industry for over 25 years. So I love the fast-paced environment that technology provides. Um, you know, it's always changing landscape. There's new technology solutions that are coming to the market. There's evolution in the technology space. I honestly thrive on this uh, constant change and like an you know, ability uh, for learning new technologies, new products and solutions that solve customer problems. And my you know, fascination with software in general, right? Like now some of us might have heard the term software eats the world. Uh, in my opinion, software and its impact on the world has been increasing in recent years, right? It has permeated all aspects of business. And there are very, very few businesses out there that are not investing in technology. Uh, it is a key ingredient of success for many companies. And also there's a lot of transformations that are happening, like you know, where companies are spending you know, both money as well as time and effort in, the, in those transformations. Uh, you know, I found this announcement a year ago where you know, an automotive industry, how they are transforming. And now Ford came out and said, like, you know, they are now a technology company, right? Like, you know, so this automotive industry is also thinking in terms of not like, you know, their traditional bread and butter, but like, you know, now they're becoming technology companies. So it, it is generally an exciting space to be in. And that's what motivates me in this, uh, uh, you know, to be in this space. Yeah, that's great. And I love about your uh, background where you like fast paced change. That helps us help our customers deal with the ever changing world. You know, we dug deep into C-suite thinking this season. What do you feel are the most critical technology-based mindsets that today's executives should understand? Great question. Uh, so the digital mindset like, you know, is a growth mindset. When we talk about technology and digital investments, um, you know, most of the time, like you know, about 10 years ago or 15 years ago, people used to think, hey, you know, technology investment is, uh, is a cost, right? Like, you know, but... Uh, now technology has become an enabler and now we think, hey, adding technology, investing in technology will allow us to grow. So that's the mindset like I think 
um, you know, digital mindset is a, is a growth mindset. And, and digital uh, mindset also means it's investing in people, process, and technology. It's, it is really important to build uh, a culture that, uh, you know, that we get like, you know, really good people. We put people first. We are collaborative across different functions. Uh, you know, there's, you know, we are adaptable to change and like in a view as both opportunities and challenges as like an opportunities to grow and learn, you know, having like the right processes and then like, you know, translating them to successful outcomes. That's, that's important. Uh, and finally, like, you know, the, the innovation, right. There's a lot of innovation happening that, that technology is bringing. So uh, innovation and how you sustain it in the long term is, is another critical area that like, you know, that, you know, all of the C-suite executives have to think about how do they innovate? How do they sustain that innovation in the long run? You know, how do we use data, the critical insights that it provides that will help make solid decisions as we go forward? Three key things that I think that every the C-suite, you know, is thinking about, right? One is how do I grow using technology? Like, you know, ensure that like, you know, there's the right people, processes, and technologies in place? How do you innovate and sustain that innovation in the long term? And then like this whole notion of data, we have a lot of data available. How do you use that for critical insights that'll help make like you know, solid decisions as we go forward? And this is both true for us as a company as well as like you know, for our customers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like a lot of other providers of technology, uh, it's important to understand that we have to help with the, the people aspect and the process aspect so they can successfully adopt these new technologies and innovate. Can you talk a little bit, Sunil, about how Embers complements those perspectives? Embers and like the suite of tools that we develop and provide to our customers, I feel it complements like, you know, this perfectly, right? We have a long track record of putting innovation at the forefront of everything we do. Uh, we use data internally to make decisions, and we help our customers do the same too. We are coming out with like you know this new data analytics platform, uh, you know that should enable our customers to use data to gain insights and also help make them uh, make our customers like you know solidify their business cases or, or business decisions. You know, we are using like some of the latest technologies like machine learning and artificial intelligence to help augment our customers' workflow, like you know, making them more efficient, uh, you know, making them more productive. Uh, so we are also, uh, you know, focused in providing technologies that accelerate digital transformation at our customers. And we are very thoughtful in providing, like, you know, in, in creating features that are enablers in this journey. Uh, you know, for our customers, rather than like, you know, just creating a feature, you know, that might not satisfy like, you know, that purpose. We also provide like thought leadership, like in you know, this particular podcast and other podcasts that we do, like, you know, we provide thought leadership to help customers in their journeys, whatever that journey may be, right? So I feel Embers and our products like in you know, a complement, you know, some of these areas. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Helping our customers successfully adopt a technology uh, is really important. Are there misconceptions, Sunil, that CFOs may have about technology ability or the limitations that need to be corrected? I think technology, the, the biggest misconception is thinking about technology or transformation 
as a cost, right? Instead of it being an enabler towards growth. You know, digital transformation has forced like entire industries to change how they operate. And like, you know, they've altered like, you know, many functions within their organizations. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge I've seen again is how do you make this transformation or use of technology to be an enabler, to be nimble and contribute towards like, you know, our, you know, that companies or organizations growth. You know, from a CFO perspective, like there's a lot of innovation happening. There's a lot of change happening in technology. You know, the, from a CFO's perspective, it is how do you choose like a particular service and how do you adopt that service and drive it towards growth rather than thinking of them as cost, right? That's that's the misconception that over the years, like in a successful technology product or project implementations have moved on the CFO's perception from it being a cost to, hey, you know, it enables us to be productive. It enables us to automate things. And and then like you know, we can, you know, deploy those uh, resources like in other, uh, you know, growth enablers. The thing is data analytics and insights will be, you know, critical for CFOs and financial managers, you know, because it will help them assess where spend is happening and how to optimize spend for the maximum benefit. That's a great way to put it. We we like to think about our role in, in advancing digital transformation is, is helping companies optimize their spend. They're going to spend on a variety of things from, you know, expenses to invoice to corporate cards. How can they do that in a more thoughtful, automated, optimized fashion. So, you know, given we facilitate digital transformation, how should the C-suite executives think about various projects that are also competing for attention or budget where they say, hey, we can do that too? That's a great question, Brian. I think digital transformation or, or transformation projects, like, you know, both small and large, you know, are different because every project is different. The expectation for return on investment is different and, you know, it puts different pressures on budgeting, resource allocation, planning, etc. So from my experience, uh, you know, leading some of the large projects, like, you know, both internally as and also with like other companies that I've worked on, the biggest and most important items to consider are one, building a really solid business case ahead of time. Even before we start a project or this transformation initiative, I think we need to have a solid business case which clearly shows, you know, what are the business benefits? How are we improving, uh, you know, the areas that we, we said, okay, this particular project or transformation project will lead to these outcomes, uh, you know, for both our employees as well as for our customers. Uh, a solid business case is, is very important. Uh, we have to identify who are all our stakeholders uh, from a budget perspective really ahead of time. Uh, because getting commitments and their buy-in is where many of the transformation projects fail, uh, right? The stakeholders are not engaged, they're misaligned. And, uh, you know, many of these projects are going to fail because, like, you know, we haven't, uh, you know, talked about with all our, all our stakeholders uh, about the benefits, uh, you know, what the cost is and and, and such. We also need to identify who are the participants that will execute on this project, uh, right? We have to pitch for securing 
these necessary resources ahead of time so that like you know when we go in we know clearly who's working on it like and we've secured all of the resources and finally in my mind is staying agile right uh, you know we should break down these big large projects or transformation efforts initiatives or whatever you call it into small you know phases that where we can show incremental progress i think it's important to take like you know chunks of this project otherwise you know these projects take a long time uh, you know and uh, you know we are not able to if if we are not able to articulate those benefits like you know, they'll you know they'll start to fail yeah so i'm a big fan of phasing out large projects uh, and being nimble and overly communicating like you know, the status of the project yes i i know you've driven a lot of uh, significant you know change management processes for our company and our customers Interesting note, McKinsey found that 60% of stalled digital transformations were as a result of issues or areas that the organization could have controlled in the near or midterm, but somehow it didn't happen. What what additional advice do you have for the C-suite to understand what can you do to keep initiatives on track, as well as in addition to phasing them, as you just said? As we've talked before, right, like the key is to have like the right expectations, you know, set with all of the stakeholders. Uh, you know, for a small company, you know, it might not be that big of a deal, but like as you get into, you know, larger organizations which have divisions or a um, lot of like, you know, business units, then like, you know, we need to ensure that we identify all the stakeholders and, uh, you know, setting the right expectations. Uh, having a clear business case, detailing the benefits, costs, and, and the impact that it will provide, uh, you know, it's a first step towards any successful digital transformation. You know, these large projects typically stall uh, when expectations across the organizations are misaligned. You know, my bullet list uh, of uh, making sure like, you know, a digital transformation or a large project is successful, or if it is stalled to kickstart it is, you know, making sure that like, you know, we have a good business case upfront. You know, we have a list of stakeholders and create like you know, this racy model, right? Like a you know, responsible, uh, accountable, uh, informed parties, like you know, that model creating that, uh, who we should inform, who sh- who who's accountable, like creating that model is, is, is really important. Uh, you know, if the transformation stalls or hits road bumps, I think, you know, the key thing to do is dust off that business case, communicate the benefits to stakeholders once more. And then see if there can be improvements to be made in communication, in clarity, in messaging. How do we like you know keep communicating that hey these are the benefits that we'll get. This is the productivity, uh, you know that we are looking for when we finish this project. Uh, you know the key will be again it will be showing incremental progress and being agile. Right? How do you bring like that agile and nimble mindset, uh, you know, back uh, you know on the front burner. Well, that's great advice, Sunil. What what lessons could a CFO learn from a CTO or turning around could a CTO learn from a CFO? I think more in terms of interdependence between a CFO and CTO roles, Grant, rather than, you know, lessons learned from each other. You know, the CTO, CIO, and CFO, our responsibilities overlap. You know, the initiatives that we manage, uh, both small and large, are in general interconnected. And it's becoming more and more interconnected, you know, because, as I said before, technology is permeating all aspects of, of business, right? We have to work together 
to achieve the same goals. A couple of these are one, maintaining security and compliance is becoming a lot more important, you know, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, compliance requirements, uh, regulations, data privacy regulations, how we implement these technology solutions, you know, within the companies and these transformation projects, they always have to take into account and put that lens of, you know, is it secure? Is our data uh, like you know, secure? Or you know, are we ad- uh, adhering to all of the compliance requirements and regulations? Uh, so it becomes even more critical for a CTO and a CFO to collaborate, uh, you know, much more closely. Another aspect is identifying efficiencies across the company. How do you discover these efficiencies, and how can we create uh, you know compelling value props you know to the, to the business so that like you know, we can. Uh, help, uh, you know, increase our productivity, reducing like, you know, these manual uh, workloads and automating like, you know, some of these, uh, you know, key things so that, you know, we can use our really scarce resources on, you know, really important projects across the organization. Collaborating on ongoing, uh, you know, software as a service initiatives that will help humanize work. And what I mean by that is, if we are, uh, as a CFO or a CTO or a CIO, we are bringing in like you know certain uh, SaaS initiatives or SaaS products into the organization, they should help drive, you know, that humanization of work, right? Like you know, they should help pro- be, our employees be happier because they are not doing like you know routine, uh, you know, jobs. Like you know, they're not man, they're eliminating this manual drudgery of work and like you know, automating like you know these things. You know, so that's important. And finally, CTO and CIO can help in providing accurate and timely data for better insights, you know, to the CFO's office, uh, right? And so that, like, you know, the CFO office can function much more efficiently. So data, analytics, insights, these become, like, you know, critical things that, uh, you know, we as a CTO uh, and the CIO office can, like, you know, bring, uh, you know, to other part, other parts of the organization. Yeah, I love that part of trying to take out the time consuming tedious tasks from work so people can focus on things that provide more value to their business and not weighed down by a manual tasks. Looking ahead, what will it take for a CTO to be ready for tomorrow's challenges? I would like to actually change my title from like, you know, uh, chief technology officer to chief tomorrow officer. Right. Uh, it's all about looking ahead in the technology industry because as you know, technology changes very rapidly. Uh, there's always like you know challenges ahead, whether it is security, whether it's regulations that are coming out. So we always have to look ahead. And I think a, a key area that every CTO is always looking at is like as I said, security, keeping all our business assets secure, compliant, adapting to regulatory changes data privacy issues. Uh, The second thing is innovation. How do we accelerate innovation, provide value to our customers, improve both our employees' uh, lives as well as like in our customers' lives? And in general, uh, how do you sustain this innovation, uh, you know, in the long run? Uh, Talent uh, as a CTO and like in a technology talent, talent is hyper competitive right now. Uh, so acquiring and retaining talent is critical, that, you know, for every CTO to strategize about. Um, and and finally, data. Uh, how do we aggregate data uh, across, like, in the organization? Uh, how do we ensure that, like, you know, we have the right 
data platform is in place so that we can like you know, gather insights and help business leaders like you know, make make the right decisions. So those are the some of the key challenges. Yeah, I love that idea of helping companies make better decisions faster. And why don't we change today to chief tomorrow officer? <laughs> that works. That works for me, Sunil. In your opinion, what is there a current process or a practice in this world that we uh, work in that's long overdue for an upgrade? And you know, what are your thoughts about that? So this is a this is a great question, Grant. There's so many things that we can go in so many different directions in this. Right? There are some like big, big challenges in the world. You know, whether it's climate change or so those are the big ideas. But I want to narrow that down a little bit. Uh, you know, from a technology perspective, I think. Using cash and, and paying with like you know cash is definitely an overdue for an upgrade, and this change is already happening, is going to happen very fast. Um, already, like you know, most of us are not carrying cash, and we use our cards or Apple Pay or Google Pay, but there is still a significant portion of the U.S. and the world population that deals in cash. So I personally think, in my opinion. Uh, you know, this is an area of like, you know, you know, significant disruption. Virtual cards, Apple and Google Pay, paying by, uh, you know, QR codes. Uh, we're already seeing like, you know, a lot of like the millennials are using, sending money via Venmo or PayPal. Uh, you know, I have my son, I haven't given him cash like, you know, in in a, in a decade. They all use Venmo or, or transfer, uh, you know, money via Zelle. And this space is going to change dramatically. If you look back, five, six years from now, it's going to be completely different. And I think like COVID has accelerated this uh, significantly in, in both in India as well as in China and, and also in the US. Uh, one example, when I visited India before COVID, I was surprised to see a lot of uh, small vendors on the street already displaying QR codes for customer to pay. So all you go, you know, these are like, you know, really small vendors. These are mom and pop uh, shops like you know that are right on the pavement, like selling like you know fresh uh, produce from their uh, from their farms, and they have a QR code displayed. So this is this transformation is already progressing at a rapid pace. This will continue to happen until cash becomes obsolete. Yeah, we when you mentioned that example, we think about like so why are companies still printing checks and then they have to go back in the office and pick up checks and can't we? have digital payments. So I think we're on that path and we're trying to help facilitate and accelerate it for our customers. Well, it's been a real pleasure talking with you, Sunil, today and I appreciate that you joined us. Uh, Thanks, Grant. And for our audience, please stay tuned for our next Immersed on the Mic episode, where we'll take a deeper look at how technology can help organizations achieve their environmental, social, and governance goals, otherwise known as ESG. And if you'd like to learn more about Immersed, please visit Immersed.com or send a note to hi at That's H-I at Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.